right. Brag on Jesus night. Who wants to go first? First, I want to start by saying thank God that I made it 29 years. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to have a midlife crisis next year because, you know what, Jesus is on my side. Um, I just want to say that this last year has been the toughest I've ever faced in my whole entire life. Um, I can say that out of the first 28 years of that, I haven't had as much difficulty as I faced this year. Um, I've been through a lot. I've done some stupid things that have made me realize that I'm still young. Um, I've done some things that have made me realize that if I didn't have Jesus, then I wouldn't have anything. Um, I've been up, I've been down, I've been out, in, you name it. I've done some pretty bad things. Uh, I've also had a lot of stuff thrown at me this year. Um, for the last eight months, I've been in a situation that I thought was getting hopeless, just wasn't going to get any better. Um, but what kept me focused and what kept me going is, first of all, uh, Jesus Christ. And second of all, that I know that uh, there are people in this room that love me dearly and want to see me make it. And they give me hope. That one day I will be right next to him in that golden city that Josh explained so well. And then I'll be able to run up to y'all guys and be like, y'all gave me hope too. So it's not just Jesus. I want to thank everybody that's sitting here tonight because Jesus made y'all who y'all are. And if it wasn't for Jesus then I wouldn't have friends in this room right now and I would have lost hope. So I just want to thank Jesus for people like y'all. Thanks, Roy. All right. Good evening, everyone. My name is Charles Joseph. I want to talk about what you just explained. I'm going to tell you something. If God's for you, you need to make the better for yourself. Don't let no, don't let your trouble come before when you have your circumstances that have trouble in you. You only make your bad thoughts by yourself. You don't carry nobody with you. So just have faith in God that he can use you. But I want to thank God for me living 28 years of my life that I'm about to get married. And, you know, I've been through my downs and downs. I done had my bads, too. I done been in circumstances where I couldn't move. I could have been dead 15 years ago behind bullets. People just shooting for nothing. It passed my head. I could have been killed. But I'm still thanking God that I'm living today. But also that I live my life on that I have kids. That's what I pray about every morning, every evening, every night. So what I'm going to let you know, bro. Soon as you get on your knees, you gotta make sure that you believe in what you're praying. Cause if you don't, it's just gonna have your life ruined. 
just going to run away. I want to say amen to that. All right. Hello, everybody. My name is Gidget Marie Fitch. I felt like I has been brought, I was put to, on this earth for a reason. And, uh, there's lots of times I do bad things like, um, uh, do cocaine and crack cocaine and shooting heroin and drinking, having a good old time. But before my time's over, I was just put your life in Jesus. Because if it went for Jesus, I wouldn't be here for today. And uh, before I went to my dad, that's why I was doing things I did, like turning off the light back and forth and stuff. I did cocaine today before I went to sleep on pass. And never told my dad about it. Because I was afraid he was going to put me in LTI. And now I, I, I'm trying to think. My mind's going better, but it's, it's just that my eyes keep feeling like it's going up in the air. And I'm seeing things I'm not supposed to see. Things are already there. But just like that whole bunch of things, this is all upon me. And uh, the first two guys who said what they had to say, we put the input on them and gave them a good welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Gizzy. All right. Hey guys, I'm Kyle. I'm an elder here. Most of you know me. Uh, I'm the husband of Ashley over there, the father of Sullivan back there in the nursery. Uh, the reason I bring that up is last year at this time, we missed Brag on Jesus Night because we had just brought Sullivan home from the hospital uh, that day at like 4 o'clock. So we obviously weren't here. Uh so this year is all bragging on Jesus. Uh, that's where we were last year. Two years ago on this day, we were faced with huge struggles of infertility. And uh, because my wife likes to share a lot of her life, and, and we're very close people here, we realize that a lot of you out there have struggled with that too, and because we opened up about that. And uh, this is not to say brag on Jesus because he gave us a child. Because then I don't know how long we went from start to finish with struggling with, with, with trying to, to have a baby. But prayer after prayer, not just us praying, y'all praying. Nowhere during that time did God tell us we're going to have a kid. So very beyond thankful for Sullivan. But the true brag on Jesus part is how we were taught to be completely dependent on Jesus. How we were taken from, oh, we can't have a kid, to there's a real good chance we're going to adopt a child, to having a child. And the steps that go through there, and so much of it was leaning on you, leaning just on Christ and, and the fact that it was complete surrender, there was nothing we can do about it. There's there's just nothing. that You go and you hear, hey, you're, you, no, you're not going to have to have kids. When you're sitting in a room at, at the woman's hospital and all these people are there for their, their ultrasounds and they have all their kids and there's all this happiness and we're just going to see if we have a shot. And it's just complete surrender. It's complete inadequacy on yourself and so the true brag on jesus is the fact of of just how our hearts were turned for that not that our lives are so much better with a kid and yours would be too because it's just not not the case the 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 truth of it is the truth of the word that jesus there was never anyone no one was ever forsaken 
No one was ever felt like that my identity would be changed because I could or could not have a child. It was just the fact that we, we learned an aspect of complete surrender. And that is the, the conclusion of my brag on Jesus. Thank you. Amen. All right, Marilyn. First of all, I want to say Happy New Year to y'all. I'm just glad that I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad that I made it through the 46 years because of uh, I've been up and down too. I had some up and down too. It's with uh, it's with my liver. I've been having problems with that. And uh, at one time when I went to the hospital, the doctor told me I had six months to live, and uh, it just it just like every time I eat something. It wouldn't stay down on my stomach or nothing. It's like I have pains all in my side, in my chest. My leg was all swollen up. My face was all swollen. My arm was all swollen and everything. And then I, I, and I, and I laid in that bed. I was laying on my back calling on Jesus. I just kept calling. I said, Lord, I know you will and I know you can hear me. I ask you to just help me. Please help me, Lord. And I, and I woke up one morning, when I woke up one morning, I got out of the hospital bed, I started walking around the hospital room, the nurse said, uh, Mr. Betty, you know you're not supposed to be walking. And I said, no, God got me walking. I said, the Lord told me to get out of the bed and the Lord told me to walk. And they said, you know you're not supposed to be getting up. I'm, do you know, I got up out of the bed, I walked outside, I walked, I walked down the street, I walked back to my room and stuff, and the doctor said, Mr. Baptiste, you know you're not supposed to be walking. And uh when the doctor gave me all my treatments and everything, I was coming home with that, but I was still having problems with my liver and stuff because uh every time I eat something, uh, I have to keep hitting myself in the chest to make my food go down. And then all of a sudden, finally, uh I'm here now. I could say thank, thank the Lord for that, that I'm glad I'm here. And... um uh, I can also thank the Lord for uh for a great uh, miracle of work that He done for me, and uh and I can also thank Him for the healing and stuff. And I also done other bad things in my time, like drinking and stuff, and which I knew I wasn't supposed to be drinking, but uh I was hanging out with the boys, drinking and stuff, and uh and I wasn't supposed to be doing it, but uh I I I was doing it. I was drinking, smoking. I was hanging out and I was hanging out in nightclubs and stuff. I was going out to strip joints and stuff, stuff that I wasn't supposed to even even be doing. That wasn't a God. God didn't put me on this earth for that. God put me on this earth for for to do the work of His miracle, and I can say thank the Lord for that. Amen. All right, who wants to go next? Okay, um, I want to talk about this year on May 13th. I woke up in the hospital in Baton Rouge General Hospital. I was in bed. I had a hole cut in my throat. I still got a little scar right here. I had a tube in the hole. I was hooked up to a ventilator with oxygen. I didn't know where I was, and I couldn't talk. I had a feeding tube up my nose that went from my nose all the way to my stomach. And I had some liquid diet food that was hanging from a thing. And I was watching television. And the only thing that they would tell me was that they had caught Osama bin Laden. That was the good news for the day. 
And I think the good news for the day was that I woke up because I don't remember where, how I got in the hospital, or eventually I found out that um, earlier in the month on May 2nd, uh, about 10 days earlier, I had gone into respiratory failure where I live. I live at Mace on Days I mean, if y'all don't know. And um, the staff had somehow uh, thanked Mace on Days I mean, because if I'd been living alone, I might have just went into respiratory failure and died. But fortunately, they had people there. My brother said that they said they told him that I had been changing colors on them, turning blue and purple and green and all kinds of different colors and that they had called the ambulance and got me in the hospital. And so I got in the hospital, but um, because of the hospital, one of the prayers, one of the things that I prayed for all my life has come true. And that is I went through 10 days in the hospital without smoking cigarettes. And that 10 days that I was unconscious, I went through the nicotine withdrawals, and I've always had problems with nicotine withdrawals. And then after that, I couldn't walk, and I couldn't move my arms and legs. I could barely move. I couldn't talk. I was still on a ventilator for about another week. And then they transferred me to the fifth floor, and I was there for two weeks, relearning how to walk and how to move my arms and legs and everything. I'd lost all the strength in my body, and I lost 50 pounds. And... Um, I still cough a little bit because I have asthma, too. So I'm smoking cigarettes on top of asthma. So I've always been praying for the cigarettes. But cigarettes is something that have always been really important in my life. I got kicked out of school because I got caught smoking cigarettes. I've had to switch stations on my job at Domino's Pizza. I was a manager for a while at Domino's Pizza, but I couldn't handle being in the store without smoking cigarettes because I'd go in the back and throw dough trays around in the back and I'd have uh, nicotine fits and I went back to driving, being a delivery driver and I did that for 15 years and um, I had to take jobs where I could smoke cigarettes and uh, but um, finally after being unconscious for 10 days and then being in the hospital for another month after that in an environment where there's nobody smoking cigarettes around with me I finally left on June 14th. Excuse me. On June 14th, and um, I quit smoking, and I haven't smoked a cigarette since May. I'm gonna call it May 2nd, 2011, is my clean day for not smoking cigarettes. So far, so good. Who's coming up next? Hi, Allison Spoonmaker, S-C-H-O-O-N-M-A-K-E-R. Um, I wanted to give an update about something that was on the Unified in Prayer list a couple, like a month or so ago. Um, my cousin, Laura, lives in Illinois. And her husband, Edwin, has, like, I should know more about it, but I don't, brain cancer that is reoccurring. And um, he was looking at having a surgery that was going to leave him perhaps paralyzed and um, 
like a lot of bad stuff. So um, we put it on the list, and I shared it with my community group, and um, probably more than anything is that my, my cousin, Laura, is a Christian, but her husband's not, and um, we were just concerned for his, he may not come through the surgery, and um, he ended up having the surgery, and it was a better outcome than they had hoped for. He's going to continue to have brain cancer, and uh, so that, like that's not cleared up really, but at one point, my dad's tried to share with him a lot in the past, and um, he's been really opposed to the gospel, and um, just didn't want anything to do with our family really at all. Not that he was like real argumentative, but just just not interested in anything to do with Christ. Um, and he asked my dad, like he called over to my dad to come over and pray with him, like after a surgery one day. And um, so my dad, you know, hopped at the chance of that and went over and prayed with them. And when he got done, he was like, have you ever accepted Christ? Or where do you feel like you're at with all that? And he's like, I haven't. And so they got to talking about all that. And, like, while, while he was sharing with them, like, his, my dad's brother, who's not a believer, was listening. And my, my aunt, Brenda, and, like, the whole fam was over there, you know. So, uh. Everybody got to hear it, and some of them were Christians and some of them weren't. But um, my dad, my dad became a Christian when he was like 18 and just didn't grow up in a Christian home, like the first Christian in his family. And since he's become a Christian, he got to lead his mom to Christ and his dad and just other family members. But my brother, my dad's brother's always been like really opposed to the gospel. My dad shares with them. You know, it's been like 40 years since my dad became a Christian, so they just share with them every once in a while, but. He's been, like, really uninterested in things. But um, whatever, on this day, like, they, they both became Christians, and um, it was just really an awesome time for our family. And uh, like I said, Edwin's still sick, but, um, like, he's just been really hungry and pouring in. And it was such a, a cool thing. Just we've been praying for their salvation, like, my whole life, you know. So it was cool that um, that came to fruition. And I know that several of us have, I pray regularly for people that are lost in our lives, and um, it was just really encouraging, and I hope it's encouraging to you um, that just to not quit, just don't give up with it, and um, because God's at work all the time, you know, whether we see it or not, God is wooing people and drawing people in, and they're resistant to that, but if we're uh, diligent in, in doing what we need to do in prayer and sharing with people, um, like, it'll work out sometimes, you know, and I just wanted to share that with you. So I guess the other thing is, if you follow me on Twitter, which you may, because I'm popular, um, they, uh, kidding, joke, totally joking, um, so they, I pray, like, on Mondays for a friend of mine that's not a Christian, it's my best friend from high school, Stephanie, her husband, and it says, it's always like P-F-C-S-M is pray for Chris's, Chris's Salvation Monday. You may not know what that is, but now you know, so you can join me in it. Um, or it, it could be a reminder to you to be diligent in praying for people that are not believers. Um, so there you have it. What's up, uh, bro? 
R-E-A-U-X. So I, um, so I wrote a song. Uh, I'd like to sit. Got some pipes. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so, I don't know. I felt like I was getting hyped up for a wrestling match back there. Uh, just kind of pacing a little bit. It's about to start bouncing around, but I figured it'd be kind of distracting. Um, so, a year ago, Tuesday, uh, I had a heart attack, which is kind of crazy to think about. I was much younger then. Uh, I was 34. Um, I'm a year older now. So, um, and I tell you, just to not take up too much of your time, um, when all that stuff went down, I was in the hospital and stuff, uh, I, I was real embarrassed. Um, and, and I couldn't, for a little bit, I couldn't figure out why. And, uh, and right off the bat, though, God was kind of speaking to my, my spiritual heart, if you will. And, um, and he was just like, you know, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you some things. I'm gonna take you through some things. Uh, I'm gonna teach you a lot. Um, and I, I guess I was, I was very prideful about the whole thing. I was embarrassed because, um, I think for the first time in my life, my, my physical strength, uh, I couldn't do anything about it. Like my strength couldn't stop it. Um, all, all the weights always lifted. Uh, all the people always threw around for you know for wrestling or whatever. Um, it didn't matter, you know. And that was I, I didn't realize. I guess that's what I kind of based who I was uh, off of. And um, I, I don't know. The Lord just again began to just open up and reveal some things about myself. To myself, uh, grammatically, I don't think that's correct. Anyway, I'm a math guy. Sorry, moving on. Um, so, so it, it was definitely the hardest year of my life, and it was the greatest year of my life. Um, dealt with anxiety after that, probably starting in April. I don't know why it started then, uh, but that's when it started. Uh, by May, I was hoping that 2011 would be over much quicker than what it seemed. And um, I got real convicted about that. The Lord was just like, look, um, not audibly, but, you know, he's just spirit, so forth, whatever. Josh will cover that. Um, it was just, he was like, man, I, I got you. Uh, I was driving home from work at one point and just, just stressed, you know, uh, tired of thinking about dying. And I was thinking about that a lot. Uh, and... He's like, I don't know. This was pretty close to audible, and I'll tell you that for truth. Um, he said, "Just trust me," <clears throat> and that meant in in everything, uh, whether it be with the bills that came along with the procedures where they put stints in my heart, um, whether it meant job situation, schooling situation, because I wanted to uh, work on my master's and my certification for teaching. Um, and what's crazy is that after that May, um, after May when the Lord really convicted me about wanting to be done with 2011, uh, I, I changed the way I prayed. And um, every time anxiety would come up, it really wasn't about the physical aspect of things. It was um, <laughs> the Lord was revealing different aspects of my life where I didn't trust him, where I was scared. 
So yeah, it started off being scared to die. Then there was fear about finances. But then there was fear about uh, relationships. Then there was fear about my future. There was fear about my job. Um, and, and each time something would hit, uh, like I guess just the prayer time, whether I would have to go run into family or run into friends or whatever, um, like he would reveal that and show me how much I don't trust him in a certain area. Um, at one point, I was by myself, and I couldn't I couldn't call anybody. You know, uh, I was in the middle of rest, uh, coaching a wrestling tournament in Texas, and uh, I couldn't just leave because I had responsibilities. Um, I had a wrestler on one side of me, another coach from another school on the other side of me, and I'm sitting there inside freaking out because I had, you know, again, whatever the fear was, the anxiety hits, and then all of all of a sudden, some of those symptoms come back when when I had my heart attack, and uh, so I just began to pray, Lord, what am I? Where am I not trusting you? And uh, and He revealed that, and then He began to reveal some things of truth um, that I need to hold on to, and so I, I guess the cool stuff, I guess throughout all that, um, there were days definitely where I w- I would consider it pure joy, like it talks about. And James, I would consider it pure joy that I was going through this stuff because I knew that God was was rocking my face um, in a good way. And that's fun. But then there are those days where uh, I definitely didn't want it to continue. Uh, The the teaching, the whatever. I was like, I I think you taught me enough. (laughs) If you could take all this stuff away, I'd appreciate it. Um, And that, that wasn't the plan. So... I don't know, I guess I could continue for for a long time, but I'll try to make it a little bit shorter. Um, So some of the things that he revealed to me was, number one, how big he is and how loving he is. And you're like, well, wouldn't you already know that if you grew up in church? Well, sure. Um, Until until you're scared to death about everything. And then he reveals that. And he says, just trust me. Just trust me. And... um, and I think this year I've learned how to do that a little bit better. Uh, not because of my brains or my brawn, you know, uh, but because of his revelation and how great he is. Um, he has definitely reminded me of what a great uh, staff that we have here with Josh and Meg and elders. You know, he reminded me of how great my family is, um, how great my friends are, uh, how great this community is. And I think for a long time I doubted community. Uh, for different reasons, but I, I looked past it, and I didn't really think that it was as necessary as, I guess, what was preached here. Even though, I don't know, I guess I was here from the beginning, I don't know how much I ever really grabbed a hold of it until this year. Um, and that's, again, just a tribute to the Lord and how great He is. Um, so, He strengthened some relationships, he uh, he brought he brought new ones into my life, and uh, it's been it's been uh, wonderful and hard and difficult and amazing. And uh, I'm going to read a couple verses to you real quick. Um, Ephesians one, starting in verse seventeen. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glory, the glorious Father would give you a spirit of wisdom 
and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the glorious riches of His inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power to us who believe according to the working of His vast strength. Um, I want to be enlightened. And I hope that whatever you got, you know, whatever's on your plate, uh, whatever the doubt is or the fear is, you know, Josh has been preaching and talking about living in the kingdom now and how great that is and how that's possible. Um, And part of that, I think, is the enemy definitely wants to come in and steal that abundant life from us. So... So I guess my prayer for you for this year and for myself is that we would, uh, as a church, as a people, as individuals, um, would definitely walk in that abundance and that God would reveal to our hearts and to our minds, um, I guess, the the areas that that we don't trust Him, so that we'll trust Him, so that the things that hinder us from walking in abundant living um, will we'll seek out the root of those things with discernment from the Lord and let the Lord take them out and let go of those things. Instead of holding on to lies and deception, uh, we'll hang on to truth and uh, freedom and abundance in Him. Um, Because that's a whole lot more fun to walk in and to live in uh, than all the other junk. And uh, so, yeah, that's it. Amen. I'll keep clapping. Come on, let's keep it going. Yeah, all right, all right. All right, Cliff. I'm Maddie. Um, I'm just going to read something really quick before I get started with my story. Um, it's in Isaiah 55. You've probably heard it before. You'll recognize it. But um, starting in verse 8, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper. And instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. So yeah, um, starting in 2011, I, find my, I found myself walking into some of the, uh, let's just say the hardest times that I've ever had to deal with. And um, even in the darkest of those hours, I was just so giddy because these verses came to mind and I don't know, the Lord just let me rest in that hope and in the promise that these verses bring, these verses brought. And, um, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll fast forward a few months. And most of you know I left for the summer and moved to San Francisco for those few months in the summer. And I accepted a job with a company that, you know, I'd admired for so long. And I, I knew that it would be a hard transition back. My time, my time there was incredible, as most of you probably heard after I've said it so many times. But um, I guess I didn't, I didn't imagine how hard that transition would be when I got back. And I, you know, I went there and I built a home and I, I went to work and I 
manage that entire city by myself. And it was just all gone in a matter of days. Like, I didn't prepare my heart for that. And um, so when I got back here, I felt like I had left home, and it wasn't anything that anybody did here or didn't do. It was more of just, you know, I felt like I had something that I was a part of for so long, my church and my family, you know, that never stopped. And here I, I come, I just jump back into it, and I just felt like I had missed out on so much. And that was the most uncomfortable thing to me, just to not be able to be comfortable in my own skin and the things that I knew so much before I left. And that, that was really hard. And then I accepted a job that um, I was working full-time, and I was going to school full-time. And I know a lot of you do that. I don't know how you do it because it was really hard. And um, most of you know, too, that Luke and I, on the way to community group one night, uh, we got in a wreck, and I had just taken, or we had just taken a pot of, um, crock pot of chili, and it was at my feet, and that flew all over me, rushed to the hospital, and I had second degree burns on my leg, and this is all in the midst of me trying to transition back into my life here, and missing what I had back in California, and walking into other struggles that I'd, I never, never got mended before I left, and it, it was just really tough. And to be honest, I don't think I ever like, the Lord never let me feel the entire weight of all that because in the midst of it, he was just showing me so much beauty and so much good that was coming from each instance. And I don't know, just, you know, other things that have happened throughout the year and so much has, has been so beautiful and the times that I've figured out the end and the resolution has come and then there's still some that it's just, you know, I don't know. The end is in sight. And there's sometimes when you, you can see the end in sight, and sometimes at the hardest and darkest moments of it, you can still see beauty in it, because instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. And so, like, in some of the hardest times, he's just making it so good, so good. And there's just so much glory for him to gain in the midst of whatever struggle I come across, and you know, I don't know. I pray that you find yourself somewhere in that truth and that, you know, because that promise is there for everybody. But, um, yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to in this coming year. Well, stop clapping again. Come on. Come on. Here we go. All right. I almost feel like I should sing this, but I uh, didn't really prepare it that well. Um, so I guess first I will say, when I say what I'm going to say, don't, this is brag on Jesus tonight. This isn't brag on your friends tonight. So, I believe God's not random because that's what Josh always says. And so everyone that God has placed in my life, I'm thankful for. And so that's all you guys. But my wife and I went through a situation a few months ago. Surprise surgery had to happen. It was very weird. I never experienced anything like that before. Um, it was, we found out something happened. Next day we have to have surgery. So it's just weird. All right, that's all you can say. And uh, when I tell you that, People just jumped on board, you know. Everyone was there. Everyone was calling a check on us. And it was just truly an amazing feeling uh, to know that God has placed all these people in my life. And through getting through everything else with that, um, I was just so thankful for what he had taught us during a community group uh, a few years ago when we went through the good and beautiful God. Um, when those things come up in your head and you've got thoughts, you know, uh, being punished for something that we did, anything like that, or completely just squashed because of what we had gone through together uh, as a church and as a community group. Truly just 
a, a great feeling when you can go through something like that and not really like be anxious, um, which we covered a few weeks ago as well. So I mean, I would just I guess we'll just say I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for um, the people that's placed in my life, and uh, I don't see how people can get through situations like that without people like you. And uh, wife and I, we, we love you guys, and uh, that's it. Thanks. Here we go. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. It's Fletcher. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Jonathan Fletcher. I used to live here but live in Texas now and uh, have been gone for almost two years. But uh, the Lord has brought me back here tonight, I think, for a very, uh, a very specific reason. Um, I <clears throat> went through... Uh, a program last year through Pine Cove, the Christian camp that I used to work at in Tyler, called The Forge, and that was, like Rose said, the hardest but best year of my life by far. Um, I finally got to deal with certain things that I'll get to later in my story, but I'm going to have to rewind all the way back to the beginning so that you'll kind of grasp uh, the healing and the freedom that I get to walk in now. And so um, when I was born, I didn't know my biological father. Uh, my mom had two kids from her first marriage and then had me, uh, and so I grew up not knowing my dad. Uh, when I was six, she married uh, an abusive alcoholic who had five kids from his first marriage, uh, and he adopted me as his son, and that's, I was the youngest of eight, I guess, at that point. And so, um, yeah, at that point, I normally pick up right here in my testimony and transfer to college and completely skip my childhood. Uh, because that's how much I hated it, uh, and that's how awful I, I don't know, it was just bad. But uh, with the freedom that I get to walk in now, this is where we, we get rolling. Um, at the age of eight until I was 13, I was sexually abused um, by, doesn't matter who, um, and that brought me well into junior high where I've now developed dependence upon that. Um, didn't know any different, and... Uh, but I was raised in church my whole life. Um, so I knew all the right answers. I knew everything that should have been done. And I knew, like, okay, God has a purpose and a plan, but I didn't believe any of it. Um, when, yeah, that, so I started acting out in junior high all the way until my freshman year of college, uh, where I finally get to a place where I realize no one knows me, uh, no one knows the things that I've been through. And uh, for people that have grown up, I, I mean, I grew up around all the same people my entire life. And I finally felt, I mean, I felt alone. I felt distant. I felt like I was fighting a battle that uh, I was too scared to ask for help from anyone. So uh, that brings me into my freshman year of college, through my freshman year of college. My sophomore year starts, and I just start going into this huge depression where, uh, just again, finding thoughts of loneliness and uh, thinking that I'll never make it through uh, the Lord brought me to what I call rock bottom uh, my sophomore year of college. It was finals week, uh, and I had been having suicidal thoughts, just thinking, like, there's nothing that I, there's nothing more that I know to do. Um, when one day out of the blue, I get a phone call from Megan Kelly, and she leaves me a voicemail because I was at work. And I go into the back room, and I answer, and I listen to the voicemail. She was like, Jonathan, I haven't seen you in a while, haven't. I haven't talked to you. I just want to know what's going on. And at that point, like, I just lost it. Like, 
bawling, crying in the back of the room at work because that, to me that was God's grace being extended and saying, people care. Uh, people want to, to be around you. They want to help you. And so my manager comes in the back and it's like, what's going on? Are you okay? And I said, no, I need to leave. So I go to the health center at LCU and uh, say, I need to see a counselor now. I need to see someone now. And I go in there and get to talk about my problems. Uh, <laughs> this is a little humorous, but not at all. Um, and the guy tells me, okay, we'll go buy this book from Barnes & Noble and come back in a month and tell me how you feel. <laughs> my mouth was on the floor. I was like, I'm sorry, what? He was like, yeah, just go buy the book and come back in a month. And I was like, oh, okay. I gave him your choice words and a few fingers uh, telling him who was number one, and I walked out. Um, and so at that point, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know who to call, uh, so I called Josh. And I go sit. This is when we were still at Parkview. I go sit in the office with Josh for hours and hours and hours, and I'm just He's probably thinking, oh my gosh, what is happening right now? Because I'm crying and I don't know what else to do. And uh, pretty much he just talked me down. And so for those two people right there, like, we have great, great shepherds of this church. Um, just in that one day of my life, they've made a huge impact on me. And so um, I think that was, yeah, that was finals week in December. Uh, I go to the Christmas Eve service. And Josh walks up to me and says, hey, we're going to Mexico in a few days. And there are a few of us going to do like the spring break, spring break planning trip, and I want you to come. And I was like, uh, there are all these reasons why I shouldn't go. I'm in the band. LSU went to the national championship game that year. Um, my brother was getting married the day after we were getting back, and I was in the wedding. So all these reasons pointed to why I shouldn't go to Mexico. Uh, but by God's grace, once again, my mom was perfectly okay with me going. I just had, uh, I just gotten a passport to go to Brazil the previous summer, and so that was a, I mean, just huge. I don't know, huge sign that, okay, this is where the Lord wants me. Uh, in Mexico, that's where I get to claim salvation. As uh, when the Lord pulls me out uh, away from everything and all my problems here to realize I've got bigger purposes. I've got a bigger purpose and a bigger plan for your life than you can ever imagine. Uh, so go to Mexico and come back, and it was hard still trying to, to figure out how I fit in here and how I fit in with what I was doing in school and band and all this other kind of stuff. And so I uh, worked at Pine Cove that summer, and I think that for the first time gave me feet to my faith. It let me learn how to live out where I was. And through that entire series of summers, I got to go through this program called The Forge. It's an eight-month leadership discipleship program where, uh, again, the Lord transformed my life uh, to reflect who he's designed me to be. Um, I, the, person, the man that stands before you today is completely different than the person that used to live here, uh, and it's only by God's grace that, that I'm here now, uh, and I can proclaim the freedom that I've had to go home and, talk with all of my family about all the things that I've been through and uh, all the just issues that I've had growing up with that and holding it in for so long. Uh, I finally got to talk to someone about it for the first time last year about, about yeah, I guess right now about this time last year. Uh, it was the first time I got to talk to anyone about my past. And so just dealing with all of that, uh, the Lord has brought me to a place now where I can stand here 
and proclaim his freedom uh, because that's why he it's for freedom that he set us free. I mean, Galatians 5.1 says that. So it has been a heck of a year, uh, so good, so hard. Um, and through all of that, the Lord has brought me to a place now where I was finally able to uh, be confident enough in the identity that I've been given to reach out to my biological father that I've never met. So I called him for the first time this past summer, um, which is kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> Um, but with me living in Texas, random story, he still lives in Zachary, which is where I grew up. Um, so I could have very well come across him at any point in time. Whenever I found out about him, uh, I found out that his wife taught at Zachary High School, where I went to school. Uh, I have a brother that is three years older than me that I went to high school with. Uh, and so, I mean, just really random story, and I tell people all the time, my my life should be made into a movie because I can't make stuff like this up. Like, it's really interesting. But um called my dad for the first time in June. Uh, August 20th, met him for the first time. Uh, I have a little brother that got baptized that day as well, which was really cool that I got to be there for that. Uh, and then over Thanksgiving, or we took a DNA test at the end of October, met all the rest of my family on that side over Thanksgiving, uh, and have got to come home and spend two amazing weeks with my brand new family. Um, all because God is faithful when we are not. And all because I am uh, super blessed to be here and to be where I am and know that God has plans for me. And God uh, has spoken his life into me uh, so that I can proclaim his goodness to everyone else. And so uh, you guys are a huge part of that, whether you realize it or not. And uh, if there's anyone out there that is struggling or doesn't feel like uh, anyone wants to help, this community is more than ready and willing to. And so uh, don't let that stop you. It is much easier to live in freedom uh, and to let God do what he wants than for you to keep fighting. So I love you guys. All right. Anyone else? Look, I, I hope that, that 2011 has shown you um, that God is powerful and he has made his glory known to you. And I know uh, that that can happen whether it's been an amazing year or whether it's been some of the hardest times of your life. And uh, we look forward to 2012 being another year where we just see Jesus' power. And when we stand up here a year from now, uh, we just proclaim his goodness uh, once again. So I'm going to ask the band to come back up. If you all would, just bow your heads. We're going to just take a minute. Um, for you to personally just thank God um, for, for what he's shown you this year. And you may not get to do this very much, but I just, I just want you to take a minute to just talk to God about what's happened this year in your life, what he's brought you through, and, and, and give him glory for, for what you've gone through over the past 12 months. And I'll close this out and the band will play a song. Lord God, we just come to you now, Lord. We just thank you for tonight. Lord, we thank you... Um, for the stories of the people that we get to do life with. God, we, we just thank you for how you are, are letting your light shine among men um, through all of us. God, we give you all the glory for every story uh, this past year, this year to come, and many years after that. God, you are great, you are good, and, and we love you for who you are. God, thank you for allowing us to share in your peace and your glory and your love. Uh, we just thank you so much, God. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.